Welcome to the Teen Life Coach Podcast. I'm Coach Sammy, and I am so glad you are here. The teen years can be fun and exciting, but also filled with self-doubt, insecurities, and lots of frustration. I am here to help you along your teen journey and make sure you enjoy your teen years as much as possible. Let's get started. guys, welcome to the podcast today. I am so excited to have Jill and Mary on the podcast and they are, they call themselves the dynamic duo behind girls mentorship. And they're actually based here in Arizona, correct? We are. Sunny Scottsdale. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And they're fellow Arizonians. So I actually took my girls to one of their day camps this summer and My girls had the best time. They were learning about being resilient and Jill and Mary are fun. You guys, they, the, they are the epitome of fun. And so I wanted to have them here today to talk to you guys about having fun because they just, they have that energy with them. And I feel like sometimes life gets so serious and we get caught up in all the things that we're supposed to do and the expectations that everybody around us has for us that we forget that fun is so important. And so I actually, I'm going to give them a few minutes to introduce themselves and the work that they do because the work that you guys are doing is amazing. So Jill or Mary, however you guys want to do it, go ahead and introduce yourselves to listeners. Well, Sammy, thanks for having us on the podcast. It's such a pleasure. Um, We love being able to share this space with other incredible minds like yours and the work we do. I mean, how can it not be fun? We get to work with teens and tweens. So (laughs) they keep us us on our toes and we, we do, we have to, we have to relate to them in a way that doesn't feel like we're stuffy, like we're boring. And if we come across that way, we lose them. Mm. So fun really is a core value of Mary and I's. Um, and it's something that we practice in, in all areas of our life, not just business. So within that practice, we own a company called Girls Mentorship. So we teach or aim to teach life and personal development skills to teen and tween girls. These attributes that we've gained over the years, late 20s, early 30s, that have really helped shape who we are now, but really, really, really could have been valuable as a 12-year-old, a 15-year-old, a 17-year-old in navigating all of the pitfalls, all the highs, all the lows, all the things that come along with being a teen or tween girl. Yeah. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) It is. It's not easy out there. It really is kind of a jungle. And we like to say as much as things change, they stay the same. Girls these days are facing the same exact struggles that we faced when we were their age. We've just added on a few layers of that cake. You can throw in the global pandemic that we all, you know, twinge at when I say it. (laughs) We can throw in the fact that social media has gone gangbusters since we were kids. We didn't have, I mean, we had MySpace, Mm -hmm. I think, at the later end of us growing up. We're literally one of the first generations that has fully used the internet. And now it feels like the internet is surpassing what we, what we started. So we're living in an age of distraction. Yeah. And kids more than ever need support 
outside of their families, outside of school. And we get to bridge the gap. We get to be a resource for them to help them develop a vocabulary, develop coping skills, develop strategies and systems to support how they're feeling because this world is unlike anything that we grew up in and and they need help. And we're, we're honored and so incredibly blessed to be able to do this work with them and alongside them. Um, and we do that through monthly workshops. You mentioned the fact that you brought your daughters to our summer camp. We got a little crazy and decided to throw a we, summer camp this we summer. Threw a summer camp. <laughs> um, we work with girls on an individual basis. We go into schools and teach life skills. We work with sports teams. Um, we really just throw a lot of spaghetti on the wall because what we really, really, really want is to make a ginormous impact on this next generation because realistically, they're going to be leading us in no time at all. And we want them to be competent in those social and emotional skills. Yeah. And one thing I do have to say about you too, is that the teens and the tweens that you work with, they know that you love them. They know that you love what you do and they feel that from you. Like my girls left camp, like feeling like you guys were part of our family. Like they're like, can we have Jill and Mary over for dinner? <laughs> like, <laughs> Thank they, you. Yes. After yeah. That. Okay. Okay. We'll talk. We'll talk about that after the podcast. Wonderful. <laughs> yes. We'll make some plans. But they they do feel that from you guys and the the authenticity that you have because you really do care and you really do want to help. And I that's something that I love about both of you is because not only are you doing this and going through the emotions, but your hearts are in it and you really care about these girls. And I got to see that firsthand and I absolutely loved it. It was so fun to watch. Oh, thank you. We honestly, I think why Mary and I love on these girls the way that the, the way that we do is because we needed that. We needed that at their age. And we also know what it feels like to be seen, to be heard, to know your name, it's important. And we also know what it feels like when you don't feel seen and when you don't feel heard. And we've made this like bold commitment that every girl is going to leave better because we got to be a part of their, their day, their couple of hours, whatever that we, whatever chance we get to spend with them. It is our mission to literally look every single girl in the eye give them a hug if they're open to it but by the time that we meet them and by the time that they leave our our care whether it's a, a summer camp a couple of hours maybe we've spent 12 weeks with them in certain programs we want them to feel how important they are we want them to start believing in themselves the way that we see them the way that we see that they are worthy and that they bring so much to the room um, because maybe they haven't felt like that in a long time, or maybe they don't ever. get that at home. Yeah. So it is, it is, um, it is a, it's a skill. And honestly, we call it a God gift. Like we feel so honored that, um, we get to love on these pumpkins the way that, um, we, we needed to be loved on. Yeah. You guys do a great job. Thank you. Well done. I'm sure Thank grateful you. for you guys. And I know there's so many girls that are grateful for you. 
So um, let's get into talking about, unless Mary, there's anything else you wanted to mention. Oh, my second half here just summed it up so well. (laughs) Okay. All right. Let's get into talking about having fun. I think teenagers, especially my type of teenager where I'm like perfectionistic, little bit of anxiety. It's like, you just are constantly focusing on the things that you need to get done and the next thing. And then the next thing, right? Like one of my thoughts, a lot of the time is for me, it's like, how would my life be different if my sister was still around? Because she was my fun. Like I never laughed is hard with anybody except for her. All right. And now that I don't have my sister anymore, I'm like, how, how can I still make my life fun? Right. And I think, I feel like that's a skill almost that we need to develop in order to make fun in our lives. And how, how do we do that? I know you grow, you two are so good at it. So let's, let's have, let's open up that conversation to you. (laughs) Let's unpack fun. Well, gosh, thank you. Fun, literally it is. We don't consider a day complete without at least laughing so hard that we cry one time. Fun, I think you're right, is a skill that needs to be constantly refined in order order to remember to have it. And it's something that gets buried really early on. Um, As you said, as teens, it's like the to-do list, the perception that everyone's watching you and watching your every move makes you apprehensive to act out in a certain way that could be fun based on the fact that you think other people are going to judge you. So I think if we're able to keep fun at the forefront of our to-do list, if you set an intention list of what you want to accomplish in a day and fun is at the top of it, I think that helps guide your decisions and the things that you do more towards your ability to seek out fun rather than let it get buried under the to-do list. Because if we're constantly driven by all the things that we have to get done, your life can become so mundane and so boring boring. so quickly. And then all of the sudden, adulthood hits, right? Mm -hmm. And you're plagued with even more responsibilities. Now you've got bills to pay. And what is health insurance? And now I have to be at my job at 8 a.m. And I have to stay until 6.30. And then I get home and maybe I'll watch a show and I'll laugh a little bit. But other than that, my day is no longer infused with fun. So I, I... stand firmly on the belief that it has to be an intention of yours to infuse fun in your day or you will completely forget to have it unless you're with friends over the weekend and I don't know about you, but I don't want to live a life where I have to exchange five of my days for two of my days because that equation really doesn't add up in my book. So I don't want to wait until Friday or Saturday night when I'm out with my friends to have fun. I have to ask myself the question, how do I infuse this into my week along with everything else for it to remain at the top of the to-do list? Which is kind of like, the next question, what are some ways that we can have fun in our teens, right? When we are so busy and our parents have high expectations for us and our teachers and our family, like, and there's just so much to do. How can we embody that fun in ourselves and make it at the top of our to-do list? The first thing that comes to my mind is putting the devices down and connecting with people face to face. 
Yeah. So a lot of times we like to rest and retreat by going on our phone, by scrolling. And then we get into potentially a funk because we saw something that triggered us or made us feel a certain way. And then it's like, I don't want to do anything. I want to stay in bed. I want to watch Stranger Things and I don't want to do anything where it's like, okay, well, if you're starting to feel like that, put the phone down, go outside and go for a walk, go jump on the trampoline that you haven't jumped on. Infusing play is so important. So I would definitely say the first thing is put the phone down, put the device down and go connect with a family member, a sibling, a neighbor, a friend in person because Snapchat and texting is not a form of in-person interconnectedness. It is um, a way to cope and disengage. Exactly. So I would definitely say you need to connect by being around people. So say you're a teen and you are a part of an organization. You're a part of a basketball league or a church group or band or whatever that is. You have to be mindful of doing something fun outside of the task at hand. So how are you connecting with certain people to say, hey, let's go grab pizza. Let's go to the mall. Let's go do something outside of the thing. So connecting is going to open up so many other ways to incorporate and infuse fun. And you you gotta play. You have to be a kid. Mm. You have to be a kid no matter what age you are. It's remembering that at some point we we care too much about how we look and we forget that it it doesn't matter when when it's raining outside like go out in the rain and play go splash in puddles but somewhere along the way we were told not to make a mess because it tracks mud into the house and so we've gotten like we've we've just kind of become hard around play and we got to start chipping away at that to look at situations by saying man this there's no better time than right now to go and play no matter what it is you're doing and realistically if we expect our teens to play or be less hardened or stuck to their phones we have to be the example of that so many times we'll work with a family or a team um, in some way, shape, or form. And um, the mom, the dad, the coach, the teacher will start harping on the activities that the kids are not doing. You know, they're not showing up in this way. They're not acting a certain way. They're not, I can't get them out of their shell. But when we turn the mirror around to the coach, to the teacher, to the parent, they're not doing it either. Mm-hmm. So your kids are going to follow in your footsteps. It's monkey see, monkey do, not monkey say, monkey do. You could speak to your kids about what you want to see from them until you're blue in the face, and you're probably not going to get the result that you want to yield based on the fact that you're not being a good example of that. So back to what Jill said around being a kid, there's so many things I can remember from my childhood as to avenues that I had fun. And somewhere, like I said, along the way, those things stopped. How do we start to infuse those things back in our day to day, taking five minutes to have a dance party? I mean, literally, that's 0.0001% of your day. And you're so bogged down by your to-do list that you can't stop, turn on the tunes, get up and shake it out. If your kids walked into you dancing in the kitchen, Mm -hmm. laughing and having a great time, 
Might they think it's cringeworthy for the first time? <laughs> probably. But would they probably jump in and join you the third, the fourth, the fifth time and have that as an attribute when they needed to de-stress in the future as a tool to deal with their anxiety or overwhelm just to stop and shake it out and get pumped up to their favorite jams? Most likely, yes. I think that was on the cringe list when my girls went to camp was me <laughs> shaking my butt. <laughs> That was and it. It was. Did. Yes. <laughs> they were so funny. They're big talkers, though, <laughs> because one thing we did really well at camp, um, I think, what was our time frame? Girls started coming in at 930. So at nine o'clock, we hooked our phone up to the Bluetooth speaker and we started pumping the jams. Yep. You could tell where our room was from a mile away based on the music that we were playing. And I think walking into that environment was immediately non-intimidating they walked in the music was playing people were you know jumping around doing dance moves doing handsprings i mean your daughters are incredibly talented in the way they move their body handstand walks freaking yep. flips they were all over the place um so i think that the saying of god mom is so cringeworthy when she's up shaking her butt is to show face because they want to make sure that they don't look cringeworthy to their friends. But given the opportunity, don't stop every <laughs> single morning that we had the tunes blaring without fail, girls came in and started dancing, started moving, started dropping their barrier and speaking to other girls based on what other girls were doing in and around them in, in similar facets. Mm -hmm. I, I love that point that you're making because as, as I've gotten older, you know, we learn more about ourselves. And one of my favorite ways to connect with people is through fun. Like I love laughing with people. That's one of my favorite ways to connect with people. And then I also love like competitive competitions or sports and having fun in those kind of ways and connecting with people that way. One thing that's important to understand in ourselves is what are the things that we think are fun and what are the ways that we love to connect with people? And so we're all different, but I just want each of you to share, like, what ways do you love to have fun and connect with people? My favorite way to have fun is by being with people, hands down. So what's important to me, I have two boys boys and they're six and they're eight, almost seven and nine. And I make Saturdays because we're working throughout the week. There's school, there's activities, but Saturday is our day of fun. So whether we go and do something as a family or we have people over, or we barbecue, um, it's centered around being together. But the intention, like Mary's, Mary said earlier, it was like truly Saturdays are our day of fun. It's our day to connect outside of just our family of four. Because I also need to teach these boys that we don't need to just be homebodies, which there's moments where I need that as well to fill me up. But if we don't get outside of the house and if I don't show them the importance of meeting new people and being around other people, I'm doing them a disservice. So how I like to have fun is dedicating a day, being around people and figuring out how I can, um, maybe it is just being at home, like whatever that fun is, it needs to be 
um, of focus. So whether we're swimming, that's the focus today on this Saturday, or we're going to go, we're going to go to Dave and Buster's. That's going to be our focus of fun, making sure that we deliver on that. That's really, really important. And that's how I love to have fun in um, a family setting. And then personally, my sort of fun is working out. I love to go to the gym. I love building community with the people that I work out with. So my individual fun looks different than just family and togetherness, but I can have fun by myself when I'm moving my body. What about you, Mary? I am a center stage personality since the minute I came out of the womb, um, I was a look at me child. <laughs> and I think that probably hindered me a little when I was younger in grade school because it was most likely obnoxious and detracted from what I was actually trying to do, which was probably to have fun or to make people laugh. However, as I've gotten older, I've been able to really hone in on the really special parts of my personality and how to utilize them within community. So I thrive in community as well as Jill, which I think is a big part of the reason why we get along so well. But one of my absolute favorite things to do is to make people laugh. I love a good dad joke. I am ready with them. It was something that I was blessed with. I can tell jokes until the cows come home. Super witty on the spot. I'm like, how'd you come up with that? It is such a gift. I don't know that I could duplicate it or write a course and teach other people how to do it. But at the drop of a dime, I am ready with a joke. I'm ready to break the ice. I'm ready to help people laugh because I realize my ability to help people laugh allows them to be comfortable within this space. So I'm somebody who always loves to go first, whether that's raising my hand in a setting where we're learning something where other people are terrified. I realize that my ability to go first without fear helps other people let their fear down as well. So if that includes being in more of like, you know, a learning setting where things are a little bit more stuffy, it helps immensely to let some of the air out of the room by dropping a good joke at a perfect time (laughs) and not being obnoxious about it anymore. Like I was definitely the class clown. I definitely spoke out of turn. I was definitely the child that was told that I talked too much, needed to be moved. It was on my report card. My parents knew about it. Now I've been really, I've been able to take that quality about myself and utilize it in the most perfect of scenarios to help other people, you know, shake out their nerves a little bit or giggle when they're feeling apprehensive or scared or nervous to meet new people. My (laughs) husband is super witty. And so I love that personality where like you, Jill, I'm just like, how did you come up with that? Oh my gosh. (laughs) It's, It's incredible. And I love it because I get to see how I get to see like rooms react or girls react or people react to it. And it is all of a sudden it's like, okay, now we can actually, I can actually be with you because you made a funny joke. That was really funny. You talked about Missy Elliott or you talked about Garth Brooks or whatever funny joke that she just says. I get to then see, I get to see the other side of it. Like we get to like finally then be with people and enjoy each other's time without, without the labels. You know, sometimes like when we're in front of girls, they think we're teacher or, or, and we're like, no, we're just, we're just, I'm, we're a friend. Those moments 
the walls come down. The walls come down and it's really beautiful to see. So how can teens figure out how they love to have fun and incorporate that more into their every single day? I honestly, I think it is knowing what you enjoy and doing that more. And in order to know what you enjoy, you have to be a question asker. You have to be somebody who asks questions of yourself in order to really understand what it is that you know and like to do. And I think that comes along with being open to opportunity. So if I were to go back, look my middle school or high school self in the face, I would tell her that she needed to explore everything, that it didn't matter what people around her thought about her doing that, but in order to really find what she loved and what she enjoyed, she needed to go out for things and try them and not base her decisions on what other people would say about her in those moments. Because lo and behold, guess who's literally not friends with anybody she went to high school with? I know the audience didn't see either of us raise our (laughs) hands, so I'll just spoiler alert, we all raised our hands. It's us. And to formulate a life based on what other people thought of you just holds you so far back. So in order to really know what fun is, you have to go dance in the rain. I mean, some of my best memories, I'll never forget getting caught in an absolute downpour in college. There was no way to get around it if we wanted to get to our final destination. One of the most fun times I've ever had was saying, I'm dancing in the rain and we were soaked and we were laughing and we were jumping around in puddles, things like that. I don't hesitate to go do that now based on that core memory that I made, but I would have never known had I been too uptight about getting my hair wet or, you know, thinking my of makeup what run. somebody yeah. peering out their window may have thought about me. Right. It doesn't matter what other people think about you because it matters what you think of you. Yep. And if you're a stick in the mud because you haven't given yourselves the opportunity to explore what that is, then that's going to seep into everything else you do in your day-to-day journey. Um, And I was just going to add on, because that was so beautiful. I think of the teenagers who, like I think of myself as a teenager, and I loved dancing. I loved cheer. I loved gymnastics. I loved flipping. I I just loved doing those type of things and really really quick jill i have to interrupt for a second yeah jill is actually a very good dancer and a very good cheerleader (laughs) thank you thank you so if you want to see her dance and do her moves where where can they find you really quick i know i'm like tiktok um instagram tiktok sign up for our monthly (laughs) workshops these dance parties are not just relegated to our summer camp and that's the thing that's what i want to that's what i want to get back to is I loved that part of who I was as a teenager and over consistently, literally what people know me for is my fun. But what I've never lost is that love of what I loved to do when I was a teenager or even a young girl dancing, cheer, like, yes, I'm 36 now. And does it sound ridiculous for me to say that I'm a cheerleader? Yeah, I'm not going to go cheer the Arizona Cardinals, you know, in a But we in a sure uniform. will cheer our girls on. However, I cheer, I, I do it in a way that still brings me that joy that it brought me as a little girl. You better believe that my boys dance with me 
on a daily basis. It's making, it's a practice, truly. It's that, it's building that muscle. And I've, luckily, I've built and developed it for years, decades now. But to Mary's point, there are kids who are dying to explore that thing. Like, oh, I, I'm into this, but I don't want to be judged. So it's, I never had, I never capped my my ability around dancing. I never thought like, oh, people are going to think I'm ridiculous. I really didn't care. Other things, yes, but dancing has been that red thread consistently in my life that I always turn to to have fun, but I've developed it. So there are kids who are going to be listening to this or parents who are going to be listening to it. And it's like, do the thing that you love and you enjoy. But if you don't know what that thing is, what Mary mentioned, it's like you have to explore and discover it because it's building the muscle. You're building that that fun muscle. And like, just think of when you do find that fun thing and you're like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. I'm so passionate about it. Then there's that other thought, like, what if I never tried this? What exactly. if I just like didn't even give this a shot and think about all the things that I would be missing out on? Oh, well, and we tell our kids that the the girls that we work with, especially in our summer camp, the amount of hands when we were like, how many of you think you're too cool for school? All the hands were raised. And it's that mentality of I'm too cool to go out for student government. I'm too cool to go out for the debate team. I'm too cool to go be a cheerleader because there's a connotation around it is going to hinder their ability to even see if it's for them and then you're going to turn our age and you're going to look back and have a massive amount of regrets based on the things that you I didn't try based on the things exactly. that you thought people would think of you so it's this really vicious cycle mm -hmm. where we understand no teenager is above thinking that they are too cool for school but it's that constant reminder it's us chipping away at that hardness that wall because all they're trying to do is find their personality who they are and they're worried that it's going to be something that other people don't like or don't gravitate towards and we're that constant reminder that it's okay that there will be people for you and there will be people not for you mm -hmm. and it's your job to go out there and find those people based on the decisions that you make to incorporate yourself into these situations to infuse student government into your life you know i would have never done that because i was not a preppy kid it's like where did i get that from mm -hmm. well i just remember like high school is so small and everything just seems like a big deal and then when i went to college i was like oh my gosh there's so many people just like me mm -hmm. right and when you get out of high school, you find that and you realize like, oh, I can totally be this person that likes this because there's a million more people that are interested in it too. Yeah. Well, and honestly, I think that's a societal problem because mm -hmm. I'll never forget. This is something that'll stick with me for my entire life is being told or hearing over and over and over again that high school would be the best four years of your life. There was like this expectation that if if high school wasn't your thing, then you were missing out on 
the best four years of your life. I can't tell you how many adults told me that. So going into high school, I had this preconceived notion that if I messed up these four years, then my life would be, it would be ruined. And looking back on that now, that's such a silly notion, because like you said, the minute you got out of high school and you got to college, there was a whole other opportunity, set of opportunities for you to explore who you were based on the people you were meeting who were also you know, kind of apprehensive around the persons that they were of what they wanted to explore. Mm -hmm. And man, any kid listening, any parent listening knows like what I would want them to know is life has started for me in my 30s. I am comfortable with who I am. I'm I know that what I want in life and I'm able and willing to put all of my energy behind that because of the experiences that I have now 34 years later and you hit the nail on the head, high school was such a small, small, small portion of that. It's big in the moment. I'm not going to take those feelings away from high schoolers now. Everything that's happening to them in high school realistically is kind of happening for the first time. Mm -hmm. So it's 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 a lot for them. It is big for them. But if we can help them see that in retrospect, they're going to accomplish so much more in their life outside of these four years, I think we can help them see that these things aren't that big of a deal and they can help themselves move past the little things and the nuances by holding that picture of life. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking like it wasn't until I was in my thirties where I really did learn how to love myself. Like it took me that long to figure out, okay, like who I am, what I'm all about and really be okay with it. Love myself anyways, regardless of all the things. And if I had had that knowledge earlier in my life, like so much unnecessary suffering would I have put myself through, which I'm that's, I mean, that's the whole purpose and point of helping teens right now, but like really teaching them how to love themselves just the way that you are and finding who you are and what you do love. Amen, sister. I was going to say that's that why we do the work. That's why you do what you do, Sammy. That's why we do what we do because man, the unnecessary suffering. Well, the unnecessary suffering and why wake up in your thirties? Why have this revelation, all of us, um, when possibly we could have had it a lot sooner, a lot sooner, faster. So I think I'm excited to see this next wave, this next generation where mental health is more of a priority and a focus in more people's lives. And we get to be, we get to lead that charge, which is really exciting. My hope is when you know, my kids are off to college. I'm seeing these kids just, I mean, get Thriving. to it, get to it faster without the hangups and the pitfalls that we had to overcome. Not saying that that's not going to happen, but or if we that can, it's a bad thing, right? But if we can shorten the gap because we shared our story or we gave them the necessary tools to be successful, man, I'm excited. I like get me front row, front row seats to that movie, honey. I, sign me up. I'm ready. 
I am ready with my popcorn. Yeah. I love it. I had one of the girls that I was working with. She, we worked a ton on her anxiety about like playing the piano in front of people. And I just went to one of her recitals and she got up and she played the most beautiful song in front of everybody. And I was like, Oh, this just makes me so happy. Yes. I love that. (laughs) I do too. It's fun work. It's so rewarding. And, and I love it, but tell, tell the listeners where they can find you what you guys have coming up. Give us some more information. Um, Well, I would say we're most active on the gram, Instagram. We, you want to see our idea of fun. You can scroll through some of our reels. Our sense of humor is definitely infused in most, if not all of our posts. Um, (laughs) And then as far as what we've got coming up for fall, we host monthly workshops. Like I said earlier, um, they're going to be, they're going to resemble more of a day camp. So we're going to get to spend a little bit more time with our girls. We really bring in prevalent and relevant topic matters. A lot of them are suggestions from our girls that we've worked with over the past year saying, Jill, Mary, this is what I'm struggling with. Can we have a day dedicated to talking about this and learning how to overcome these things because this is something that's plaguing me. And we love nothing more than meeting girls exactly where they're at in that. And with that said, man, have we gotten requests from all over the place. I mean, questions out of Florida and Texas and California and Tennessee and New York. How do we work with you? And as much as we would like to duplicate ourselves, we're not at the point to make that happen yet. So we're excited to launch more of an online program for girls really anywhere from the age of 10 to 18 plus can be involved in these conversations and this, you know, atmosphere, this culture code of fun with us while learning about who they are and how to show up as their best, brightest, and most confident selves. So that's on your website. Where do we find information on that? Oh, we forgot that one little piece. Yeah. It's just (laughs) girlsmentorship.com. Girls is spelled with an I, an S. No Y's, no no Z's. Nothing crazy. Girlsmentorship.com. So information will be, we're going to be launching new programming come September. Um, So check our site out. We're so excited to get more feedback and subscribe to our email list. That's where we also really love to share what's happening um, to the people there, our community first. Okay. And then tell us your, I'll put all of this in the show notes too, but tell us where we find you on Instagram. Oh, same thing. Same thing at Girls Mentorship. G-I-R-L-S-M-E-N-T-O-R-S-H-I-P. <laughs> How do you, yeah. I'm oh, like, oh, that was that good. Was, that, was, that was me spelling Mississippi. <laughs> Thank you ladies so much for being here today and sharing your wisdom with so many listeners. And we're super grateful for you. And I'm grateful for you and the work that you're doing. I think it's oh, amazing. Thank you. This that was, is so mutual. I was going to say just right back at you, sister. And for those listening, go have fun. Dang it. Go Yeah, That's our task for the day. Go enjoy your day. What are you going to do? That's fun. I agree. If you need to come over and watch something cringy too, so you can laugh, you can come over to my house. (laughs) Done. Thank you. All right. Bye you too. Bye. Hey guys, do you want more? If you are ready to work with me in one of my coaching programs for teens, check out my website, knowingup.com. That's K-N-O-W-I-N-G-U-P.com. Whatever you are struggling with, whether big or small, I can help. We learn so much more in my programs than what is offered here on the podcast. 
Come join me, you guys. See you soon.